I don't want to get too political here, but some things need to be addressed. We have come a long way in our society for our black brothers and sisters, gay men, lesbian women, transgender people, even Mexicans. And yet, we have not taken even the smallest tiptoe step forward for guys who have been caught jacking off. It is every bit as embarrassing as it was in 1965, and that has to change. I want hate protections. I was called Lotion Boy in eighth grade because I did it, and I want free college. Well, that's all. I hate to use my bully pulpit to get my agenda across, but it's got to happen. Vote Senator Mitt Romney and Bob Dole. They will both vote for this. Thank you. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Stand Up Records. If you're a fan of stand-up comedy at all, go to StandUpRecords.com. I'm sure you'd recognize names like Mark Marin or Pat Oswald or Dana Gould. Anyone on that label is funny. I'm, I'm going to personally recommend checking out Chad Daniels or Steve Gillespie. Super funny guys. Go to StandUpRecords.com and buy their albums. I promise you won't be disappointed. Hey, and a special shout-out to Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, big supporter of mine. If you want to see comedy in Minneapolis, go to Rick Bronson's House of Comedy, fourth floor of Mall of America. Drink, dine, laugh. Hey guys, before we dive into this week's episode, we want to remind you to go to iTunes and rate and subscribe the show. It is like sex and money for free. Also, follow us on Twitter at Gabe Noah Podcast, as well as like us on Facebook at Profession Confession Podcast. Thank you for the continued support. Do you know where this road leads? Then hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. This week's episode is with Amanda Wildfire. She is a dominatrix, um, and she she really is like I asked around for dominatrixes, and she, her name came up over and over. She is kind of one of like the grand dom of uh, Minneapolis dominatrixes. She does workshops and education. Check her website out, amandawildfire.com. Um, she, we really appreciate her coming on the show because she was really tentative. She very much cares about the BDSM community and she did not want to make them look bad or really didn't want it like trivialized or laughed at at all. And, um, you know, we just really appreciate her coming on and giving us a shot and letting us ask our stupid questions. I'm sure it wasn't the intellectual exercise or exchange she was looking for, but we had a really good time and she was a great sport about any dumb shit I might have said. And it was just really fun. So if you like hearing about uh, people having a cinder block hung off their nutsack, I think this is a great podcast. The co host this week was Chell Bjorgen, and I was very much caught up in Amanda's spell, and uh, we got into a dumb bottom relationship very early on in the podcast, and Chell and Tevin saved me from that, so I appreciate them, because she, she is an alluring, powerful woman, and everyone knows I don't like strong women, so... 
Um, but anyway, I, let's get to the show. I think it's time for this dominatrix to confess. On this episode of Profession Confession, she'll hang a brick from your balls, bub. She'll put your dick in a dinghy and uh, paddle it off Niagara Falls. She's a dominatrix. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show Amanda Wildfire. Come on, baby, light my fire. Spelled F-Y-R-E. <laughs> is it really? It is. Um, You're doing pretty well for that that, that butt plug and the, that thing we did earlier. Thank you. She's challenged me right away. I, we were late for the podcast. Your, your cheeks are still a little bit moist. They're naturally moist. <laughs> she, uh, we were late for the podcast because of the snow. You might want to clean up the, the drool, though. That's going to short the wires. Oh. And she said that, uh, that she's going to put a butt plug in my ass. And you said what? I have two hemorrhoids. That's not an option for me. I have a cautery gun. A what? what? A cautery gun. Oh. What's that? Well, those are what's used to... Look at me when I talk to you. <laughs> She's locked in on me right now. Just go with it. <laughs> and I don't blame her. Wow. What's a cottery gun? A cottery gun <laughs> is delightfully hot. And, you know, I mean, it can... Like cauterizing? It can actually uh, cure the hemorrhoid. So and uh, so I, I read that online. Is, so right. we'd have to try it first. <laughs> okay, so you've never used a con- it's but it's something to use maybe in the future. Hang on, I should intro this a little bit for real. Our guest is not only a dominatrix. I asked her because I wanted a dominatrix on this show, and her name came up. It was like out of the five people asked, it was the first three said her. So I just was like, okay, this is the person to ask. So she's like the. I say Grand Dom of Minneapolis. The Grand Poobah. The Grand Poobah. Biggest whore in town. Wait. No. That's <laughs> not what it's about. That was not right. You Biggest. just really love being in trouble, don't you? Look I at do. that face. She's going to punish you. I know. <laughs> I know. I do like the threats. <laughs> you, just, you just keep going, and I'll keep track, and later on. I'm a naughty boy. So she That's was. Sure. She's... Renowned as being the best of the best she, here. She is, yes, uh, one of the whatever. The, the I would imagine there's a ton of perverts in this town. And she's one of the people. She started do, doing workshops And the grand early poobah on. of pervert. Yes. You would agree with that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and what's the trick? Like, what is the secret to being as good as you are as your... She has a whole house, pop. right? It's out of your house. Multi-level of, like, dungeons and shit. I do collect equipment, it's true. And I like to be ready for anything. So if somebody comes to my door and has an unusual fantasy, or even if I have to prepare in advance to invent something yeah. that is really going to pop their cork, as it were, I consider it a personal duty to explore fetishism to the depths. Really? Hemorrhoids or no. Okay. Because one time... I was having sex with my wife, and I, I just slapped her right on the ass. <laughs> so I'm And with what did ya. she do? Oh, she just ignored it. But <laughs> She didn't slap you back? 
That's no. what you wanted, wasn't it? You wanted somebody no, who was going to stand up to you. I did not want that. <laughs> Put their foot no. on your neck. No, I really did not want Pull that. out the belt. I don't even know what I'd do if, <clears throat> if someone tried to be. The only thing I can say is that if I hired a dominatrix, I think I'd be compelled to reverse it on her at some point. Like, oh, you think you're fucking in charge? I'm fucking... I do a lot of that talking through clenched lips. So you'd fight her is what you're saying. I try to. Yeah, that's why I tie people up in case they change their minds after the first 10 Does minutes. Does that ever So how about this? So how long have you been an official dominatrix? Professionally? Professionally. 25 years. You don't look that old. That's Mistress. one of my little secrets. That's right. So what, how did you get into it? How did you start? How long have you known that you're a disgusting person? Well, my perversion began very, very young. My parents didn't buy me any toys. And so it was a 60s thing, I think. You know, like, don't buy your children toys. Let them explore the world and create their own imaginative fantasy. Right. So unfortunately for me, um, she took me to see Fantasia, and I started having bondage fantasies after that. And I started thinking about how enjoyable it would be to have you know, bound centaurs populating my fetish farm and uh, kind of went on from there. How old were you? Five years old. And you were, and a centaur is a horse person? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you wanted like them Narnia. To, right. Well, think bridles and saddles and, you I know, I think. I don't think about centaurs uh, at all. If my, if my parents had only bought me a pony, I would right. have gotten all of that leather and bondage and control Right. Out at an appropriate age with an appropriate situation. Do you really think that's where it stemmed from? That's where it started? Well, I think that kids always will create, you know, alternative realities if their home life is not everything. For right? sure. To For be sure. honest. You know what my first sex fantasy was? But I did have uh, bondage fantasies at a very, very young age. And they persisted. I mean, to me... When um, you were the an boss. Ordinary, just... A moment. Let me finish what I'm saying. <laughs> this is going to be the best podcast the right ever. There. <laughs> Where's that gag? <laughs> that, um... Oh, see, now you made me forget what I was saying. Okay, sorry, so your train of thought was... You're talking about uh, young age, and you were saying, did you always have that fancy of being in charge? I think that, um... As a child, I took every opportunity to create realities in which I was on top, and I was very fascinated by sex at a very young age, you but not conventional sex. I mean, I didn't think to myself, oh, I want to kiss a boy, I want to have babies. I mean, to me, that at a very young age uh, was the equivalent of slavery, you know, to allow a man to you know, treat you that way instantaneously created this experience of, you know, humiliation and subjugation. And so anything that wasn't that was clearly what I was going to choose because I didn't want to go down that road. And I saw a lot of other people trying to get out of those kinds of predicaments, namely my mother. And uh, so I chose a different path. When is the first time that you saw something? Because, you know, I can understand having that impulse of, like, I don't want to be subjugated. I don't want to be, or whatever, in a mm -hmm. conventional relationship. 
but you're still a kid. You haven't seen these things. Where's when? When is the first time you saw another road? Well, there's a scene in Fantasia where they have these. <laughs> this was the it movie. is Fantasia. Right? You, you asked the question. Yes, you're going to yeah. get the dirty no, details. You said you wanted to, me to be dirty. So it's a cartoon, right? right I yeah. was eroticized by a Walt Disney cartoon. Right. Which would maybe point to the fact that I was kind of born this way. Right. Right. For sure. And there's this wonderful scene where you're peering through the bushes at these nudie girls who are like playing with their boobs and their hair. And all of a sudden these little angels come down, these little cherubs, and they start tying the girls up with like flowers and fronds and vines and things and tying up the hair. And then all of a sudden they're being presented to the males. And I just thought, oh, that's the dirtiest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) My first sexual fantasy, I was five years old. Nobody asked you. Hang on. And I dreamed that my my babysitter. This is my show, baby. Just just calm down. No, this is my show all the time. So, and Lisa Ruby came in. Can you just smack him? Took her shirt off. Laid down with her Not white lacy bra. Not for under $250 an hour. <laughs> white lacy bra, grabbed both my cheeks with her fingertips and pecked me on the lips. I was laying on a captain's bed, drawers in the bottom. See, that brings up an interesting point because um, I think for many fetishists and people who are into BDSM, their early memories do formulate what kind of fetishes or what kind of activities they would like. I have a number of clients who have had... Um, early childhood memories of being in the hospital. All of a sudden, nurses become eroticized. A boy wakes up from anesthesia, and nurses are poking around, maybe fixing his catheter. But when you're that age, you don't know what's going on. You get hard on because you're that age. And all of a sudden, nurses become hot. Wow. And that is a fairly frequent occurrence. Really? What do you... so? What is the big through line that you see with so um, whether it's whether it's a repression on my your, part do you want me or to whether it's something? The gag? <laughs> I'm not necessarily interested in being the bottom. I'd rather be the top. Fuck you. But <laughs> what is there a through line with people who like who come hire you that you see where where like you go oh that's a indicator for people who are going to hire me. Hmm. No, I, I don't think that you could ever say that because okay. um, I think there are, you know, very uh, sad sack types. And okay. then there's also some very alpha male types. Because that's, you know, the big stereotype is alpha males, very successful. They never get told what to do, so they come to you. I think... We've probably learned enough about sexuality in 2017 that we realize that you know, gay people come in all shapes and sizes, women come in all shapes and sizes, even straight men come in all shapes and sizes. Not me, babe. And, <laughs> oh, you like to come in colors, eh? That's right. <laughs> That's what I figured. So... Yeah, no. Sometimes it's like it's like gaydar, if there's such a thing. Yeah. Um, there have been men who have looked at me and just said, "You know, I remember my sister used to yell at me and spank me, and you remind me of her." You know, like random people, or somebody will turn to me and say, "Hmm, it is so nice to see a tall girl stand up straight." <laughs> 
and you know it could be anybody really but I think I do bring out something in people yeah it's just weird to think that you could have like a shit job and get yelled at your work and then you also go hire a lady to do it more I suppose. I mean, I think that's kind of another stereotype of domination is that the woman is mean and... Um, you've been mean to me this whole podcast. Yeah, exactly. you've been mean the whole night. But it's because you've wanted me <laughs> to be like mean. William Shatner. That's the first thing she said to me. I was like, William Shatner. Yeah, I said he looks like... Well, you do look like William you Shatner. Do. That could be a good thing. Actually, some people are attracted to William Shatner. Nobody. Some people are attracted to... Oh, I'm trying to find somebody. She said people come in it's all shapes a, and sizes. It's a weird character that you have and like that you were playing at the bar. <clears throat> so I'm curious, like, have you ever been married? No. Have you ever... Are you in a serious relationship right now? No. Do you have a hard time being intimate with people? No. When was the last time you were in a serious relationship? I've never been in a serious relationship. Really? Do you think that correlates with what your occupation is or what? Well, I'm a Sagittarius. And Me too. <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm a Sag. You are. I am. What the hell? I'm a Sag. <laughs> Nothing I can do about it. I don't know. I mean, I'm holding my own in a room with three guys who are kind of giving me a hard time. So you're kind of forcing me into like the bitch mode. Um, and that's fine. Uh, Look at the two of you pointing to each other. I disagree. We were at the bar before and you kind of got into that, this character that you are. So this is why I'm curious about this. Sure. And I don't, I, don't, I hope you don't feel attacked because I'm not attacking you at all. Mm-mm. So do you, f- you have felt this way since you were a kid? You've never had, like, a serious relationship. But when you're doing these sessions, do you feel an intimate connection with these people, with these guys, or these girls? I think intimacy is kind of a strange word. I think that I am I'm, I'm very present for people in that mode. I hold the space for them. I allow them to bring out in me what they need. So, in other words, if you were being very servile right now, you would provoke a different response from me. And if you were being very sassy with me, that would provoke a different response in me. If you started, you know, trying to grope me, I would be tempted to tie you up. But that's probably, if you were a client of mine, what you would want. Right, because I would say you're essentially playing off of them because they hired you to essentially kind of fulfill their fantasy of being tied to a up, certain degree, right? Being um, tied up or I agree whatever completely. else, whipped and stuff. Yeah, except that I don't necessarily follow what they want me to do per se. I have mm-hmm. certain specialties, things that I really, really enjoy from a very early age. I've always loved bondage. I've always loved dressing up in high heels. My mother was very butch. She didn't care about makeup or high heels or sexy clothing, but I was extremely taken away by glamorous Hollywood images and I wanted to be that woman who would sw- you know swoosh into a room and you know be handed a, a drink and a cigar and you know like just rule the roost right mm-hmm. and so I think that sometimes when you're not given those things you gravitate towards careers that allow you to be very over the top and dressing up in fetish wear is definitely a lot of fun because it's completely over the top. Um, so, uh, to 
to your to your question, um, I think that the things that people ask me to do are, and I agree to do, are things that I really enjoy. I love bondage. I love having a captive to my monologues, for example. I mean, how better to treat somebody to a, a captive monologue, to have a captive audience? So is, is there, a, like, a discussion? So somebody reaches out to you through whatever like a website or however else and then is there like we sit down and we talk about what's about to happen or is it like they just sit down and hey i want you just to be in control well most of my clients are again they're not just you know cold off the street most of them are very experienced Um, most of my clients are from out of town they fly in or drive in because they've heard of me um, because they they know that for the complex experience that, that they're looking for, I'm one of the only ones in the world that's equipped to do it. Okay. So, yeah, what does that mean? so it means like you can read their what they want, or you have a specific like you're way intense, and like you take it to the point of they're like this girl knows what she's doing. Do you have a style you're known for? Do you have a <laughs> yeah, thing you're known for that they're in, seeking it's out? It's kind of amazing, but yeah, you know, I think that one of the reasons I was. Um, really drawn to being a dominatrix was that it was a creative opportunity that nobody else was doing and something that I would be very, very good at. And so since I very much enjoy having a captive audience for my little shows, yeah, my little one-woman shows upstairs in my dungeon, um, that's, that's what has always appealed to me. And I also am an avid collector. So when you come to my studio, you don't just find one straight jacket. You find, you know, 20 straight jackets, all in different materials and different sizes. So if I looked at you and said, okay, you know, what... What do I have that would fit you? Oh, I have you know rubber straight jacket. I've got a terrific leather full body bondage suit. What and you, I, I have some incredible. <laughs> so I got the full body bondage <laughs> yeah, suit. Gag and, and head harness combinations. Yeah, head harness. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't spit that one out. <laughs> it's probably good. How many, have... how many? How many? How many dominatrices? Professional doms are in in Minneapolis. Would you say, or in this area? Are there a hundred? Are there of, of national standing? Yeah, I, know, yeah. I know of three. Okay. Okay. Um, but there are probably lots of other women sure. who offer domination. How about when you started? Like, what's your first experience with it? Yeah. Do you remember How? your first the first time? Mm-hmm. Were you nervous? I do. Um, yes, of course. But you see, at that time, I was a bodybuilder and um, strong enough to pretty much, and six feet tall, so I was pretty much confident of my being able to get through the session intact. And the first three clients that I had were, it was just kind of magical. They just wanted things that I could easily provide bondage, dildos, um, dirty talk. Uh, humiliation, verbal humiliation in particular, and you've already picked up on that that uh, that's kind of a specialty of mine. Right. Because um, it makes people laugh, and it's a comedy show, right? So, um, I see. it only hurts. <laughs> it only hurts when you laugh, right? <laughs> All right, we'll tighten up that butt plug now. Get in there, chill. Uh, no, so, I've got hemorrhoids, too. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's an around-the-table problem. I, know, no, so I don't have hemorrhoids. Yeah, what, what have you guys been up to that you have all these right. hemorrhoids? I read on the toilet. They're old. <laughs> I'm an avid reader. 
and I'm also an avid toilet user. We're all basically is what it is. Yeah. I used to say that to myself. You know, I'd sit down and use the the toilet and think to myself, there goes 50 bucks. We always charged extra for toilet training. You toilet train boys? You mean men? (laughs) Yeah, what is that? Because I have a one-year-old son. Boy, I could use a hand. (laughs) Hire my dominatrix. No, guys like to be pissed on. Oh, okay. And that's only 50 bucks? Oh, that's just a joke. Oh, okay. In the old days. So you do piss on guys or you not? How much for you to piss on shell? <laughs> That's really, let's get down to brass tacks. He looks really nervous about the prospect. So, but he I'm, has scruples. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I would waste it on him. Oh come on! Now that's the biggest insult in the world. You yeah, won't you waste, waste your waste piss your on piss someone. On, that's right. For money, I'm not even sure that you were worth the attention it would take to spit at you. Does that turn you on, Joe? <laughs> he could get a boner if it did. <laughs> You don't know until you, you try. Yeah, you'd have to crush yeah. up a Cialis and stick it in his nostril just to even get a rise out. No, I'm all for like I'm all for back and forth. I can't do the just the one person. I, it's not my bag. I just don't like. And I get why. I understand why some people do. But have you ever been tied up yourself and been dominated by someone? I have, and I'm the worst bottom in the world. Um, I remember this uh, this guy tried to tie me up, and I say try because I am a bondage nut, right? Was this a I'm session really of yours? into it? No, this was no, no, no. Uh, it was a public play party, and a bunch of my friends dared me to go over and try this guy's bondage chair. And um, I'm just I'm just too much of a smartass. I escaped. I you know patted him on the butt. He whipped around and was like, oh, I'm going to get you. And so he actually wound up strapping me in so tight that I really felt like I was going to vomit. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I don't know if I'm really the best candidate to be tied up so then, and dominated. So then in a way, don't you see yourself as just as repressed in the opposite way as your people? Oh, I don't think my clients are repressed at all. Well, okay, but they have a. Okay, I bet you would say that I'm repressed. I think. And all that I'm saying is that I wouldn't do that. You've already told me that you're repressed and sexually unsatisfied, so I know that about you. Well, but I wouldn't be happy with anything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just an unhappy person. There's machines for that, you know. What kind of machines? Yeah, there's all kinds of guys. Sibians is what I'm getting on. I feel like Actually, it's called the Venus, and it's like a, a penis pump. It's perfectly, perfectly safe. I can't even imagine being turned Technology on. Technology is like, our friend. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know what it is. I have the internet. But I feel like her technology is a lot better than just the internet game. <laughs> a lot more sophisticated than just googling fucking stepsister porn on Pornhub. Do you ever? <laughs> how, <laughs> That's a low blow. <laughs> yeah, How so many I, sessions do you have? Like, are you daily? You are, are you working daily, Amanda? Or is it... Um, yeah, I used to work quite a bit now. Um, not quite as much now. What's your, like, so... Whatever. What's your rate? How much does it... Like, how, how do you start doing this? Like, if I... If someone's listening to this going like, I'd love to get that shit cracked out of me. I might not be your first choice because I'm actually, this is going to be hard for you to believe, so sit down. Okay. Oh, you already are. How's that butt plug feeling? It's in there. It's in there. 
Hold Look tight. at you, you've got a little smile on. No, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. Um, How do people find you? Like, when you started, especially. Let's say you started, you go, all right, I've been whipping guys in the face and hanging bricks off their balls for months. I'm ready to go out on my own. Mm-hmm. That's called sadism. I'm really more of a, a bondage fetishist. And okay. then, so once the person is helpless, then there's some pre-agreed upon activities that will take place. Okay. That you, for example, might find uncomfortable, painful, uh-huh. humiliating. Right. In not a good way. Right. And they will find uh, restrictive, painful, and humiliating in a really good way because that's the way they're wired. Right. So then do they, and I asked you this in the email, but I didn't want you to to answer me, but do they jizz in your studio? I did think that you would be younger, actually. Cause really? Yes, from your Yeah, from your, <laughs> from your emails. I thought you would be like 25 and I you're like to be nice, 50. You know? <laughs> she said he's 50. All right, 55. She has to say 50. Jesus Christ, mistress, that was a low blow. So there is no... Is it time to use your safe word? I say, do you got, like, guys can ejaculate, or is that going to happen? (laughs) Well, you know, every mistress has different rules. And what's your rule? What happens if, or better yet, what happens if they break the rule? Like, is there, like, a punishment? Because I feel like like if you're like, oh, I'm going to punish you if you break the rule, but then they're already kind of into that, do you just, like, let them go and... Oh, it's yeah. a dominatrix conundrum, and the work is never done. Oh, touche. You're naughty. I have to punish you. Oh, you're naughty again. Oh, for Christ's More sake. More punishment. <laughs> Do you ever just have dreams while people listen to you? <laughs> Oh, actually, I do do phone sessions, and people love my voice, and they love um, the instant creativity and the instant. um, Could we do a role playing thing with Chell, and you just humiliate him? And that's what I've been doing. You want me to do more? Just a more specific. How would you start off with it? Well, it's really a matter of, you know, what he finds humiliating. I have a, a wonderful phone client who is humiliated to admit that he collects women's moccasins, the kind with little beads and fringe. Yeah. And that he has managed to track down knee-high pink moccasins that lace up the front, and that he likes to wear that with pantyhose because it's comfy. <laughs> and I say... Are you comfy? And he says, yes, I'm so comfy. Are you wearing your moccasins for me? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Are you going to? Right? And it just kind of goes on like that. Have you ever judged any of your That's exactly where I was going next. Do you, like, and honestly, be honest, because there has to be some moment in this time where some dude's gone where you go, like, okay, fuck it, dude, this is, even for me, this is too far. Like, fucking man up a little bit. Mm. Well, there's, I know, certain, I knew there's the certain kinds of, cli- there's certain kind of clients that I, I don't see because it just doesn't do it for me, and that's, like, diapers and I hate, in- I hate infantism. diaper babies. Yes, I hate it. I know that it, I watched an HBO Real All Sex All right, so special. if you don't like... To diaper your son, you are really going to hate diapering an overweight 57-year-old software executive. Who's doing, I watched an HBO special, and it's a 50-year-old man actually going like, 
Gagagooka. Like it was just. See, I don't like, judge it. I'm just not interested in oh, partaking. I judge, it. I judge it big time. That's okay. I know. <laughs> so there is an element of you need to be kind of somewhat into it. Yeah, you, you gotta be somewhat oh, into it. Yeah, These because that's where the money to that's shit where the diapers, and you're like, I'm not having this. That's like, where yeah. the creativity comes in. If something that you want to do a session on intrigues mm-hmm. me. Like there is something kind of adorable about like a fifty-year-old man and in pink moccasins with beads. I mean, there's just something kind of hilarious about it and a deer. And uh, I have a great fondness for cross-dressers. In fact, a lot of cross-dressers wear beards to hide the fact that their you know faces are a little on the feminine side. Not like me and Chill. <laughs> Not like you guys at all. No, no not at all. Glad you said that. Um, do you ever... So, is it fair to say that you're essentially... I don't want to say turned on by what you're doing, but like with Engaged every person... Is the word. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. there you go. Engaged. Like, I mean, if... if oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, that's why I enjoy what I do is that... Out in the real world, believe it or not, it's very difficult for a woman to find a job where you can be completely creative. You can be completely yourself. And whatever it is that comes your way causes you to feel great, for more sure. powerful, Why? As a woman, more creative. A man. You should sell furniture. I, you know, That's what I do. I think a lot of a lot of people would find offense at a comment like that. Well, I don't because guess what? I'm the one who I fucking has to I, do it. So. I don't work a day in my life because I enjoy what I do. I sell furniture two days a week. I believe that. Yeah, I deliver pizzas. Why is it he more difficult pizza. for a woman to be creative than a guy? And by the way, comics. By the way, she's insulted by our job. I think it's you, you, you guys. You guys just haven't taken advantage of the opportunities that you could have because you decided to be. Can we work for you? Alternative, you know, like yeah, maybe but that not doesn't mean be... male or female. Ooh. Well, okay. So I, at that point in my life, whether I was a man or a woman, did not find any jobs that I felt were completely open for me to what be. What were your creative. normal jobs? Did you have like uh, day jobs that you're like? This? Oh, absolutely. I worked for Pillsbury when I first moved here. I ran a nightclub. I waited tables. I was a proofreader. Um, I wasn't interested in being a corporate person, um, and I'm not very good at bottoming, and I'm not very good at working for other people. So I was kind of destined to be an independent businesswoman. It just so happened that the talents that I have, being creative and smart and tall and robust in my self-presentation, if you want to put it, um, those are all great qualifications to be a dominatrix. Sure. In fact, I graduated from Brown University in the 80s Ivy with League. a degree Ivy League, guys. With a degree in semiotics. Okay. I don't even Media, know. How to say exactly. This. Media studies. Okay. And so they all sat us down after our graduation and said, you know what you're qualified to do? They did no? not tell you a dominatrix. Yeah, so the guys were like, you guys can can review comic books for um, the Village Voice. And you ladies are all qualified to be dominatrix. So Really? Yeah. Because so you're you would- sort of taking the cultural paradigm and flipping it on its ear and kind of teasing new stuff out of it. And- what is your scariest moment as a dominatrix? Are there times to where you've gone, oh, this is getting out of hand? 
Actually, yeah, I did have um, a guy who was drunk, but fortunately I had already run a nightclub in Center City, Philadelphia for a long time. And so I knew how to deal with that. Um, This is very fortunate for me. I just had the skills. You just become very blank. Yeah. And you become like the deep mother. How does it get? Yeah, like, you'll be how much, does it get out of hand? Like you'll, how be, it, you'll be much happier. Um, he actually accused me of being a man. You see, of course, since he had had a lot to drink, he had some obvious issues about being there with me. He was really living in fear, living in um, yeah. self degradation. That's what I do. And right. And then he showed up and he decided that I was clearly, since I was so tall and that my name was Amanda. Oh shit. Jesus. That I was a man in drag. So is this at your house or is this where was this? In my studio, yes. Yeah. And then you have to like break him down and be like Yeah, how do no. you get out of that? The deep mother says, you know, we just need to make you comfortable. How are you going to feel the most comfortable? Would you like to sit down? Have it's like a glass dealing with of water. any other drunk person. That's right. How is it going to feel for you if we go downstairs and just relax? How would it feel if we went to the door and locked it behind you? <laughs> and does he pay you, though? <laughs> do you get payment beforehand? Yeah, I do. Um, but I'm pretty sure I gave him his money back. Really? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You're much nicer than I would have been. Okay. What was yeah. the most clients you've ever had at, at one moment or like that, you know, that you're cycling through or, or whatever? Is it more about constant business or is it different people coming all the time? I like variety. Um, okay. I might have a heavy rubber fetishist one day. And the next day, have a cross-dresser who's into satin. And then the next day, somebody who's into medical play. And then the next day, somebody who's into heavy spanking and role play. I have a friend who likes to have wedding cake shoved into his mouth with an eight-inch stiletto heel. Do you know anything about who'd be good with that? That is very specific. Oh, for your friend. Actually, oh. you'd, you'd, want a, you'd want a woman who is a high-heel fetishist. Okay. Who is willing to... And her name is... <laughs> Oh, well, you've probably already talked to her. Oh, yes. Mrs. Noah. But you do. Mrs. Noah. of the cheap seats. What size are her feet? I could lend you some heels. Oh, she's got little mouse prints. They're fives or six, whatever. She's tiny. Mm-hmm. Jesus well, I have Christ. Some, some thigh-high leather boots that would fit You her. two would be a fearsome fucking couple. God, I love dressing She'd people up. She'd make you her, her henchman. That's how mean she nice is. Nice little leather corset. But you do. You, you're choosing your clients. Like, you do mix it up. Like, you are, like, I want to have a different client of, like, what I'm doing each day. I'm, I'm very fortunate in that I do get my choice um, and that I was, in the 90s, extremely prolific. Um, and I traveled all around the country giving workshops representing leather lifestyles, giving workshops at conventions, taking classes with other more experienced people, male and female. Right. Um, played a lot in the gay community, very knowledgeable people there. And so I had a national reputation in the 90s. Right. So I became so well-known for my equipment and my expertise that... Yeah, I could pick and choose. I didn't have to take any guy off the street, for sure. And I think that most women in the sex industry will tell you that they screen for the clients that they enjoy. So they're not going to just... They're not street prostitutes. Right. (laughs) They don't have to take 
this the only you know the the first guy that that waves a twenty under their nose. Right, well, that's I think it's a luxury and it's rare. Yeah. I think it's a testament to the you know the talent that you have and the skill set that you have. Yeah, she's naturally mean. That's for sure. <laughs> Did, I'm just a nice girl from the Midwest. I can tell. Is there? Actually, I'm ever, from Philadelphia. Th- this is a really ha- sort of like I'm not a nice girl. Either. Like dummy. No, I know. Is it, this is a really dummy mainstream question? But I, I do think people run to this. You're not do a you dummy. ever have sex? How with many your times? Clients? Or ever? Or have you ever? No. Really? No. I'd fuck them. You would. Yeah. You haven't yeah, seen some of my clients. If I was a dominatrix, I would. Like, she dominates them and you just come in to finish them off? <laughs> yep. They call me the hammer. Oh, my in. God. You could be my fluffer. I, There's a that word so for great. it. I'm open in, to it. In Germany, they have rubber girls. Really? Yeah. You bring in the rubber girl and she finishes the client off. How about... Gabe could be your rubber boy. Yeah. You could be the rubber boy. And a naughty rubber boy, that's for yeah. sure. They'll be all tied up. You just back up, you know, bend over and how all has, over. How has political correctness changed how you humiliate people? <laughs> yeah, has it had an impact? That's a great question. That's <laughs> a real question I had. <laughs> the great thing about being in a dungeon is that you make your own rules. And okay. um, if the client tells you that, you know, being called a sissy is exciting to him... Um, those kinds of things, no. Um, I've had guys okay? with big dicks come in and say, tell me I have a little wee-wee. You know, make fun <laughs> of my penis. Um, Even though they have a big dick? Especially because they have a big dick. You know, I think that guys with big dicks suffer tremendously. For I know sure. you probably it's been hard. Sure. It's been a hard would road. never never really come into that yourself. But Yeah. Yeah. It's been a hard, hard road for me. So, what is your what is your dungeon like? Like, is it a big? Is it just like a standard room, except it's got red and black lights and stuff? Or everyone's dungeon is different. Mine was very much based on my fantasy of being a James Bond villain, and. Uh, he just asked that question and ran out the door to jack off. <laughs> I know, right? That's because I gave him the hairy Kevin's eyeball. Gone. No, I really want to hear this, though. Yeah. I don't know so what he's doing. So my studio is kind of uh, half sci-fi metal and the other half kind of uh, evil clinic-looking place. Like, oh, I'm sorry. We're going to have to tie you down very tightly because... You know, OSHA requirements state that, you know, a patient must be tightly and heavily restrained for their own safety. Did Uh you decorate it all yourself? Yes, I did. Chell's living room, just white walls and a beige sofa in there, but... uh, That's not true. (laughs) Except for the blood stains, right? really ghoulish in a way. I don't know. (laughs) It's an uncomfortable space to be in. I'm moving out, actually, in July. Are you really? Does he put towels down before you have to sit? Yeah. Are there plastic (laughs) covers on things? Does he play Robert Palmer for you? (laughs) Oh, my God. Good heavens, no. Simply. No, but I had a question for you. So when you have sex yourself, what uh, turns you on? Well, that doesn't really have anything to do with me as a dominatrix, does it? Well, hang on. No, no. Hang on. It does, though, because I think... How hard is it for you to shut off being a dominatrix in every part of your life? Because I believe this is my feeling. Okay, I'm a hilarious comedian. <laughs> painfully, so painfully funny. Painfully. It's hard for a lot of people around me. I'm in a lot of pain right now, so. Well, let you loosen that yeah. butt plug, baby. It's coming out. <laughs> oh, come on. And. 
<laughs> no. So, but I, I really believe we all get caught up on our own idea of ourselves. So hard, how hard would it, would it for you to be like, oh, I'm a little, I'm a little fucking sissy bitch. I want to get fucked. <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying I to say I think that is that your fantasy that you would like I'm not me a to sissy be sissy bitch at know? all. It's got to be hard for you to be vulnerable. It's that's my, yes. my that's my sense. It's like you, it's, you've been so great at this and like it is kind of your identity. I think and, you're just really clever and you're really good at doing this and you made it your thing cuz that's what I did with being a comedian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you create it for yeah. yourself. Yeah, you just create it for yourself. Um, I will say you... my life is full of pleasure. Yeah. Um, and that that has nothing to do with my clients. <laughs> no, that's true. But we're interested about being a dominatrix. You yeah. you are a dominatrix and you have a life around it. Right. The solution and... is that, um, you know, there's kind of a process where you realize that the person that's not working is also desirable. Yeah. The person that is not working is interesting. The person that is not working doesn't have to perform in order to be loved or to get pleasure. Right. And, you know, that, that trajectory is different for every person in the industry, whether they're dominatrix or phone sex worker. Because I think when women, uh, and I'm, of course there are men in the business too, when we realize how much pleasure and happiness that we can bring other people, it's kind of a shock when you're just dating or you're married or you know, uh, even raising a family with somebody that you're not going to get that nice jolt of, you know, like heroin, you're not sure. going to get a jolt yeah. of, oh my God, that was amazing. You are the most incredible person in the universe. You are a goddess. There's, you, you know, get that at the end of the sessions. Not too many people in real life that are going to go around oh, saying yeah. that to you. And so um, as you mature, you realize that you know there's lots of different ways to experience yourself, your body, and intimacy. And some people come by it naturally, and others of us have to work at it. What do you feel about, so, you know, I would imagine you have a you've you've seen a long steady stream of of guys and women in marriages out of marriages who cannot bridge that gap with their significant other and whatever. What is the big thing that you see, you know, if you could give advice from your from your experience being the one fulfilling these fantasies? Hmm. What do you whatever see from that or what's the knowledge that you've got? So while some clients have talked to their wives and they've decided, yeah, it's probably a good idea for you to go see a professional. Um, Dan Savage always advocates for going to see a professional if your marriage isn't working that way sexually. Yeah. Um, And it's up to the individual to find a balance um, and not go crazy, spend all the money, spend all the time, get so into it that they neglect their responsibilities. Right, right. So so if you feel a client is getting absorbed in you, do you ever pump the brake on that? I guess since I, I tend to see clients once or twice a year, no, it's okay. not really that important to me. All right, you don't feel that as what? A, yeah. Right, it's not I, once a week or something they're showing I, up and then... No, um, and you have to understand that this is not something that is in place of a relationship. It's something that generally men compartmentalize to the side. So it's sort of something outside of what they would consider relationship material. 
So men don't go see a professional dominatrix because they would like to start a relationship with this woman. They go and see a dominatrix because they need a deep, hard-hitting, or extreme experience in their designated fetish, whatever they desire, whether it's, you know, feed or bondage or clinical or role play of some sort. But then once they've kind of gotten it out of their system, then they can go back to their normal life until the urge comes back. Doesn't it come back always? Isn't it? It seems like it... Well, I think a lot of people fantasize that if you do it once, you kind of get it out of your system. It's like sucking cock. The problem with sucking cock is that once you have a cock in your mouth and you're a natural-born cocksucker... I love it when you hear someone chick say cock. It's so fucking awesome. I'm sorry. Right. Sorry. Um, Apologies. It's kind of like your mouth is suddenly sort of attuned to that. And then sure enough, you know, when you get turned on... Attuned to what? You're going to want another cock. (laughs) I'm a little boy. (laughs) I'm a naughty one. No, I know. So I think that, um, you know, there definitely have been clients who come to see me who said, I just want to see what this is like. Right. And I just want to make sure it's not for me. Um, And I've even had clients who've come with incredible wardrobes, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars of cross-dressing gear, toys, bondage gear. And then I talk to them six months, eight months later, oh, no, um, I threw it all away. I'm going to have to buy some more before I come to see you. Oh, yeah, it's called purging. Really? Yeah. And oh, I so think, they do keep coming back. Like they, see, I think this is all part of the systems of oppression that uh, sexually alternative people face, is that they feel like they have to either be a raving pervert and be at the in the gutter and completely degraded and defined by their fetish, or they can be a good person, a normal yeah. person. You can't and visit and, it once in a while. And you can't have both. And I think what we're learning to do now is to juggle and to realize, yeah, you know, it's it's okay to have this and then that and then that and just because you're into one thing doesn't mean that you can't be into another. Most of my clients are married, have children, enjoy regular sex and every once in a while this little compartmentalized part of them says, no, you know, I must have, you know, a rubber dildo shoved up my ass. Yeah. Oh, man. What a bummer. (laughs) I don't know how to react to that. But what... (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to dildo up my ass. Then you don't then hire don't do her. it. I, I, Come yeah, on, dude. I'm saying. Well, I don't know. I feel like Gabe's been challenging me all night, saying like I'm. I. I You're had, repressed. I think. I don't think I'm repressed. I think I've, I've, I'm. I'm so simple. You should know. I'm simple, but. I had a girl stick uh, her finger up my ass, and I didn't care for it. I had that happen once, too. I clenched my ass cheeks, and I locked her in right there. I go, what are you doing? I interrogated her until she, whatever. Well, you can blame women's magazines for that because yeah. they'll often try and talk women to do things that they're really not since a lot of people aren't really sort of sexual explorers. They're, yeah. They think an activity is something you just bring up like, yeah, I'm going to spank you. Bam. Right. Um, there's a little more finesse to it than that. Have you ever had a guy where, like, he comes and over? there's consent as well. I mean, it's good for to spanking? talk about it before you do it. For spanking? Oh, yeah. Did you ever have a guy where... Yeah, it's not BDSM without consent. Safe, what is BDSM? I don't even know what BDSM is. Bondage. Bondage. Dominate. Discipline. Yep, discipline. 
Sadomasochism. Sadomasochism. Okay. Gabe, you can't just repeat after she says well, it. Well, I was wrong. Like I know. said that I was Thank wrong you. on the D. I was wrong on the D. What? But listen, do you ever have a guy? He comes over. Do I ever have a guy? He yeah. Signs up, a guy. He, he signs up and he goes, yeah, I want you to, you know, whatever. Really teach me a lesson. <laughs> and then you go and you put the lash across his chops. And then he goes, nope, this isn't for me. And just fucking yeah. walks out the door. So like, this yeah. was a huge mistake. I, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. <laughs> this is not for me. Does that ever happen? Well, then you sit down and you talk about it. And you, you figure out where the fantasy is coming from. Um, most of my clients are very experienced. They know what they want. Right. And they have a certain level of connoisseurship, you know, a, yeah. an idea that they want, you but, know. Something, but even more so. You never answered the jizz thing from earlier. Plus, she said no. If the guy ever jizzed. Yeah, she said no. Oh, you said no? And so do you ever get a first time, like, do you have, like, a unique, like, first timer that it was his first time coming to see you or somebody like you, and you kind of had to, like, talk him through it or encourage, like, hey, no, this is okay? Or are they all, like, experienced? I have seen beginners, and... um, Generally, I will only take beginners if they demonstrate a deep interest in something I'm deeply interested in. So say, for example, you came to me and you said, I've been collecting petticoats, corsets, panties, and stockings all my life, you know, and I've always been interested in women's lingerie and, you know, wigs and stockings and all that sort of thing. Well, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for cross-dressers. So I might say no, but I might say yes. And in which case, you know, your interest is already so well established in you that what you're really looking to do is take it, you know, the next level. to the next level. Right. right. Um, I had a client who had been tying himself up um, for years and since he was like 13 and he came to me and saw me when he was like uh, 22 or 23, very young, usually younger than, than I would take. But he convinced me that he was so seriously into bondage that I knew he'd be a lot of fun to play with. And so I said, okay. Um, so no, the answer is no. If I get the sense from a client that they are feeling very nervous, ashamed, um, terrified. Uh, those are not. Those are not the people that I would play mm-hmm. with. Uh, do you have people that like? Because they're not psychologically ready. Yeah. Do you have play. people that you recommend? So you're like, I don't. You go like, I'm. You're, I'm not for you. But you can talk to so and so. Occasionally, sure, sure. I mean, it's not my job to take care of everyone. Right. I just, I'm sort of sifting through, you know, the huge client base to sort of call out the ones that are, are hardcore or fun. Or I'm not actually a huge sadist, but if you're a rubber fetishist, I'm one of the best equipped in the country. What's a uh, rubber fetish? What's a rubber, rubber? fetish? Yeah. My God, man. Are you familiar with r- rubber? <laughs> yeah, so it's like you dress up like you, everyone wears rubber and then, they, and then they fucking inflate it and it puts pressure on you and shit, man. Come on. I don't know. Have you ever been in a... Um, I don't know. Grow up. These like, fucking assholes, uh, fuck off. You guys aren't... By the way, this is the most Kevin's ever nice talked in a podcast, isn't it? Isn't it? I'm trying to He's keep it on real I'm curiosity. Rubber. I'm trying to keep it on track. What's a rubber What's a rubber? Fetish? So, have you ever had a wetsuit on? Mm. Yeah. A scuba suit. Yeah. Okay. So there were people the Bahamas, who... Bahamas. Uh, my dad's a doctor. It's not a big deal, but I've been traveling a lot. 
his parents are rich. <laughs> He's right. forty, right, but so, yeah, so it's like a, yeah. a West. <laughs> Still revels in it. <laughs> Not a big deal. We're all that's losers. We're all losers, and uh, that's yes. why we joke so about it. But, uh, I, yeah, the wetsuit was like, yeah. Not, but we so there are some people who would put on a wetsuit and get turned on because there's like a light compression all over the body. And that is just a physiological response. And latex looks beautiful, and it's a slight compression on the body. It's like a second skin. It's shiny. It's smooth. And the feeling of it right. is erotic to some people. It's called a latex fetish. And you see put on the latex suit or whatever and then mm-hmm. do you feel each other and then you have sex or what happens? You know, when you put you on could a do condom that, you sure. feel all sexy? Not with me, but if you were feeling sexy with your girlfriend and you were both wearing latex, yeah, you'd okay, totally yeah. have sex. Yeah, just because a person is into a fetish doesn't mean they want to be dominated or uh, hurt. Right. Um, no, you I can get that. Pick and, you can pick and choose. Right. Um, I saw one guy who had a rubber suit that he put a hose from his nose all the way to his ass. Um, Where'd you see that? <laughs> on a, in a book. <laughs> you're you're kind of butt fixated, so that kind of makes me. I kind of I kind of piques my interest. <laughs> it does. I think maybe the problem with the finger up the ass thing. was that it wasn't big enough. <laughs> that was me. Or long enough. Maybe I just don't learn my lessons. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you needed to be tied down while you were getting it, and it would have felt better. <laughs> As a punishment for being such an uddy boy. It's a real thing, though, that I saw. <laughs> I mean, that's, I'm not making it up. So. Yeah, there's I'll a look down corrugated hose fetish. Sure. Yeah. Corrugated hose, that's what they call it? Yeah. What is, what is a fetish that you hear that you go, like, yeah, boy, even for me, that one's far away? See, I don't see it as more extreme. I I just see him as something that I'm not all that interested in. I mean, for example, there's people who like to um, be vomited on. It's called, yeah. uh, yeah. What? I vomit on some people. Roman showers. Kevin, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. What are they called? You're fucking stupid, man. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of people. (laughs) No. Yeah, it happens. It's, uh, I barfed on Mary Michelson. My there are people that party. love to puke. And then, there's, um, and then there's splosh, which is being covered with things that look like diarrhea, you know, like chocolate pudding. Why not or, just diarrhea? Um, or just diarrhea. Right. Um, except that that can be hard to come by. Yeah. No, it's hard to make it. I've done it since I'm 30, but. All right. Well, then you, there's probably a career in that uh, for you if, if the comedy thing doesn't work out. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not working out. But you, it's, it's, you do like this. You like your. It seems like it is rewarding to you. Like it, it's definitely an art. I can see why you're well revered in your industry because you read people. You know what they want. It's very specific, and it does seem like you do enjoy it. Like there is, it's rewarding to you. It's fulfilling. I love making people happy. You're making them happy. Yeah. Yeah. I love making people happy. Now, it just comes in an evil package, like, I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Right. You know? Like, I'm not really a bad person or evil person. Or you guys think it's funny that I was, you know, you guys were laughing when I was was teasing you. And so that was exciting to me. Or self-defense. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, I think it's tremendously fun and invigorating and creative and cool. And um, I don't judge people because 
who am I to judge? You know, like uh, if I can get into your, if I can get behind your fetish, I'm, I'm all there. I'm, I'm yeah, 120% but, there. But don't you ever read the I Bible? Have a toy for it. <laughs> I mean, it's just roundly against what you do. You know, I, mean, I, I actually have some psychiatric <laughs> manuals that I, I like to peruse. And for you, I, I would prescribe um, Nurse Amanda's wet sheet pack. It's a calming treatment that was used in the 30s and 40s where you would take a, a nice big pile of 20 cotton sheets and soak them in ice water and slowly wrap the sedated patient in 20 sheets over and over and over again. And then maybe dunk them in hot water, dunk them in cold water, dunk them in ice. Very calming, very restraining. Yeah. It sounds like torture. Your dungeon must be huge. I know. It's like it's a pool. Honestly, <laughs> terrifying to me. What about Keep where I just like like get my dick sucked in the parking lot? <laughs> Is there some something that happens? Oh, I think you could probably. I think you could probably get that done <laughs> fairly easily. No, no, it's impossible. Unfortunately, that's why I'm married. <laughs> Because so you it, can get uh, it for free so, in a parking lot? No, no, it yeah, stopped happening years ago. So I just got married. Uh, I have a different question. Um, so a few years back at the Ramada in Bloomington, there was a furrying convention. So are there like furry, not furrying? I don't know what it's called. Yeah, it's there fur- was a bunch of people that were in like furry, like mascot costumes, and our comedian was staying there and he was like you gotta get me out of here there's like crows walking around like flirting with each other it's like to me I'm kind of like that (laughs) yeah he said there were crows like pecking at the vending machine and he was like this is unlike anything I've ever seen so they're like (laughs) huge conventions where people come from all over the nation to go to and stuff like that or okay so I'm not an expert on furries Um, I think that like fetishism and BDSM there are lots of reasons to be attracted to that kind of activity. Um, some people eroticize it. Some people, it's just an escape from reality, and it feels really good to be somebody other than you are. Mm-hmm. We all feel it in Halloween, right? We kind of get into an altered state. But for other people, it's kind of like that's how they vacation. Halloween. I really do. It's also a creative activity. And I think um, a lot of us are bored deeply bored and we have, you know, uh, modern anxieties, modern depressions, modern obsessions with media. And yet, you know, if you can find something that alleviates that stress, wouldn't you do it? Even if it meant dressing up like a dog? I mean, if that really made you feel better, you'd do it. Sure. What is there ever time in your career where you go like, oh shit, I went too far? Like this, even for me, like I got out on a limb with this guy. I was following this thing or this girl. And you go like, that's fucking too far for me. Hmm. Some place or just where. Even if there's an example like it or something yeah. like that. I don't know. It, it just makes me wonder, like, do you ever get sucked into your own, you know, because it is a fantasy. It's an interplay. It's a thing. Do you ever follow it too far? Because as any artist, right. you, as a stand-up, there's times where I've learned like, oh, I can't get into this meltdown too yep. far. Right. right. Because I'll do self-prescribed melt, like the show's not going how I want it to, so I'll plunge that motherfucker mm-hmm. 100 miles deep because I'm you do a baby. Start, you start to do the aristocrats. Sure. Right. Sure. Okay. Um, all right. Well, 
Occasionally. This is not a common fetish. Right. People ask me to burn them with cigarettes. Yeah. And I've heard of that. So the bottoms of their feet, their testicles, their nipples. And it's not like a hard burn. It's like a little ashing. It's more like the fear of it. And it's... Uh, Again, not very common. Right. And this guy asked me to put my cigarette out on his dick. And that wouldn't, with a full cherry. And that would definitely leave a mark, For right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that is definitely harm. But he was begging me and 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 begging me. And the Does price that screw up sin. the dynamic, too, a little bit? Because they're asking you to do something painful a little bit? Well, that's there's a difference between pain and harm. Okay. This would harm him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I did it because I figured, well, how bad could it be? Maybe it could be right. not so bad. But after I did it, I regretted it. Yeah. Because why? His reaction was like... No, he loved it. He thanked me. He, you know, was absolutely... Astonished. Overjoyed that somebody had the balls to do it. But you still felt weird. But I felt like, hmm, yeah, that was probably a little too far. Right. I, I'm not sure that was something I want to repeat. But So then are there dominatrixes? Is there a radical sect that basically does that shit all the time, would you say? That's outside of safe, sane, and consensual. To my mind, those people aren't dominatrix. Those are people that are taking it to a level of unsafe. Okay. Okay. And you can say, oh, I'm so extreme or whatever. But yeah. as long as you are operating in safe, sane, and consensual, you're making sure your equipment is clean, your dungeon is safe, the equipment is going to do what you say is going to, you're going to suspend somebody by their toenails and they don't fall, you know, that kind of right. thing. Um, and then there are other people who feel that if you don't send your partner to the hospital every other week after a scene, that you're not real. Okay, so my definition of real is that the person that's insane. wow that's insane goes home unharmed. Right. Okay, know. so you've never had like any close calls where like we got to call the paramedics now because no. this guy's about to die. No, 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 no. <laughs> about to die. <laughs> okay, not die, but like oh, he no, you like, that about like, ten like, levels gag. further than <laughs> I thought. <laughs> like you have like a gag or something. He's like starting to be like, well, like non-responsive or something. Three fucking know. beach towels down his <laughs> esophagus. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't. I've, no, had, I've okay, had people pass out from pleasure. Like, okay, for sure. like, or something like that. Where you're yeah, like, I don't. I'm fearing for this guy's safety. Yeah, but again, you know, you're trying to. You know, I would love to come up with some really wild story that would satisfy you. But honestly, yeah. um, probably the him. most insane session that I've ever done with somebody was, again, somebody who's very experienced, showed up with um, scars on his hands and his feet. Stigmata. He wanted me to, yeah, he wanted me to crucify him, okay. literally, with nails. And he brought nails that he had... Sharpened, and sterilized. So, he's on the floor. Like no, 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 no. Uh, he had me build a cross. What the manual fuck? labor? Why did it take he, so long? And he flew in from Texas, <laughs> and I had to make him carry the cross up three flights of stairs from the basement, literally like 
Oh my like Jesus. Jesus, right? But it wasn't a religious thing for him. I have to say that it was Roman crucifixion. It was oh, not God. like a, a, a Christian thing right. at all. Okay, so if you're Christian and listening to this, don't get too yeah, don't upset. get upset. <laughs> if you're Christian and listening, um, fuck off. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> I did it for him maybe half a dozen times. He would fly up from Texas, and since he had been doing it to himself since childhood, he knew precisely where to put the needle, the the nails, and precisely, you know, how to hold his body so that... Unbelievable. Right? Unbelievable. But after half a dozen times... Uh, I decided that enough was enough. That was enough scar tissue. That was enough. How much blood know. comes out when you do that? Not a lot. Not a lot. What the fuck do you know, man? <laughs> it's bloody for sure. The guy yeah. is actually chill. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you'd think that it was this extreme scene, but to him it was something he'd been doing since a young age. So so after six times you're like, I can't I, do this I, anymore. I'm, yeah, I'm just not interested. Like, I've done it. It's, you know, you survived. It's great. I, I love that you love that I did it for you six times, and I'm not doing it again. What do you charge for that? <laughs> is that a personal question? That's, that's got to be a that's lot. Intense. Yeah. What? Yeah. When when people have special personalities or unusual requests, the fee definitely goes up. Yeah, I'm saying no less than ten thousand. I'm saying that's ten G's. Yeah. yeah. I'm not. not I'm not. Is I'm not nailing you to the cross without. Is that twenty G's? Less than. And I want it's cash. A lot. It's a lot. I'd say five. It's G's. more. She's nodding. It's more than ten G's for sure. I think. I think she feels she bad about it. herself, but I hammered, five G's. It was like less than five G. Bullshit. Per, per I would have hammered a nail to that motherfucker for five hundred bucks. So five hundred dollars. I would undercut it. I would undercut you. So, Gabe, nobody wants you to dominate. Bullshit. Them. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't have a choice, motherfucker. That's what being dominant is. <laughs> Nobody's called. Nobody's calling you like, "Hey, can you please come gag me and nail me?" To yeah, a but my website's well, I think down. Proved Amanda's point. Like, it, she has, she knows what she's doing, and like, no one's yeah. interested. Well, she's a professional. Where you're just yeah. gonna giggle the whole time. There. <laughs> yeah, it'd be funny. He fucking some motherfucker wants me to pound a nail through his hand for five hundred. You know, bucks. you know what's fun though is to is tie crazy. somebody up, um, maybe cover him with clothespins, run um, fishing line through the clothespins, and then tie the clothespins out. You know, around them, like Gulliver's Travels. Like they're totally. You've done that? down, right? And tied down by clothespins. So if they move even a little bit, the clothespins pull, right? Uh-huh. So then you make them laugh, right? Tickle their feet, tickle their underarms, sit on them and go, all right, are you ready for the real deal? And then tickle them like crazy. And they're struggling and the clothespins are pulling off left and right. And then you get him to say, oh, mistress, it only hurts when I laugh. So. Can you do it with people who you dislike? Like, if someone shows up and you go, like, I don't like this motherfucker. You just leave them tied up? And no, th- this, is, this is so easy. I mean, growing up with my, my father was a businessman, and the idea that it's hard to imagine that a businessman could command this kind of power. But in the 1970s, if you were a businessman... You were like the head of the household, and he got away with murder just because he was wearing the the suit, you know, and the tie and shit. And so when I started working, especially at the beginning, 
I love dominating businessmen. I still have like a real hard on for them. I love when they show up in their in their suits, and I'm like, yeah, you've never you've never survived anything <laughs> that you're gonna survive this and remember it. So, would you say that it turns you on? Like like almost every session, does it turn you on? Well, there's a difference between being turned on, engaged, and wanting to fuck. And right. I never get to the point of wanting to fuck? No. Never? And no. No. Why? But, but I mean, why never? Because you, you are following a pursuit, something you're in, you are interested in. It feels natural to me that you'd go to the point where you want to fuck. This is business. It's separation of church and no, state. Exactly. I can see no, exactly. No, that is business, though. But this was a passion for her since she was young. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you not... I, I guess probably because I've had you enough experience with men to know that that you know sex is not all. How dare you? <laughs> Are you? Uh, you're bi. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and so yes, I am. Oh, her. <laughs> so you. It sounds like you enjoy women more than men. No, I, I think that I like variety, um, and Men women are women are very different from. Uh, I don't find anybody satisfying based on their gender, and I don't find particular activities satisfying if I'm not with somebody I'm attracted to. Do you think you're so like desensitized though that like do you ever worry about that to where you go like I'm so fucking desensitized and take actually. I have to be really honest with you, and if you want me to be vulnerable, here's the moment, right? When I first started working, I had not ever had an orgasm in my life, and I was 28. But I was in an environment where you could explore all of those things that might interest you. And so through the course of that, I realized that it was okay for me to be sexually vulnerable, and that it was okay to ask for what I want. And it was okay to be very dominant when I asked for it. It was also okay for me to be just sort of a normal chick asking for it. And it took a while. <laughs> but eventually, I became a much more sexually satisfied person, you know, whether it was in the scene or outside of the scene, because I was in an environment and participating in an environment where it was okay to have my sexual needs met. Um, but very, very few people, I think, who have sexual repression get to have that kind of experience. And so I'm just extremely lucky. So if I seem really happy and, and jovial, it's because it worked for me. Because you got to jizz. I got to jizz. <laughs> you did. And, this, and I'm happy for you, too. Yeah. Sometimes it takes two or three towels now. So. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That's like yeah. dumping out a five-gallon bucket of uh, yeah, fish oil. Exactly. Absolutely. What would you say? I'm about to go deep here. When was the first time you jizzed? You're putting this guy to sleep Why over do you here. keep saying jizz? I don't know. How about this? Do you ever, when you're having sex in your personal life, think about your business life? And does that turn you on? Like, does your work life carry into your sex life? You know, I will tell you something that... Um, surprised me. Um, right now, for example, I have a client in chastity. 
and he is in New Orleans, and he is in a chastity belt that he cannot get out of. Like, do you want right to say now, hello right to him? Now? <laughs> right now. Hey, Gary. Wow. And do you have the key much. here in Minneapolis? Well, see, here's the deal, is that I came up with this really clever scheme where I have two remote control lock boxes, and the keys are in there, and he has the keys, but he can't get to them. I have to send him a combination, right? And so our game is that basically he texts me back and forth and tells me how hard he is or how he wishes he could come or how he wishes he could get laid or could I please just, you know, give him a minute to, with his penis alone. <laughs> and then I text him back and say, oh, I just had a really big orgasm. Or I'll send him a picture of something that I know really would turn him on. And I'll say something like, study this image closely and tell me what you think. And it and actually, I, I thought it would be really boring because he's all the way in, Los An- in um, New Orleans and I'm here. But surprisingly, it's really hot. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm happy for that guy. What? That sounds terrible. This is... <laughs> How do you go about your everyday life? You're yeah, what's evil the chance? Bitch, can he, can but yeah, no. He and fucking shit, like he's got this thing on him right there and you got the lock or the key. Yeah. See, you get off on this more than... I mean, he gets off on it, but you do too. There's no question you do. I was surprised at how, how hot it was. You're getting paid for getting off. Actually, he's, yeah, I'm getting paid for, for him not getting off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's real one-way I, I street. Think, I think what it is, too, though, is that he, you know, he doesn't have sex in his marriage, and he... Well, that's because you have it locked up. Well, does his <laughs> no, wife no. know that he's got a chassis belt? <laughs> no, they, I don't think they've had sex for, like, 20 years, and they like it that way. They're just, you know, domestic right. partners, right? And so she has her thing that she goes off with her girlfriends. I don't know what they do, right? But um, apparently the fact that he is wearing a chastity belt has not... She has not been alerted to that fact. So... um, The the point of it is, is that, you know, it's erotic. If you think it's erotic and... Um, imagine, for example, you have a stack of really hot uh, leg show magazines or something, right? Or somebody's taken away leg your password <laughs> what, you to your favorite por- porno site Club or something magazine. like that. That's what I look exactly, at. right? Yeah. So imagine you have these magazines that are sure to get you off, that you love, right? They're like a part of your happiness equation. And somebody locks them up. And then it's kind of funny because it's like, well, what if you had to lick their pussy, get them off before they give you the key? Right. Now, that might not interest you. You might be like, fucking give me those magazines. But you could see how a game could be played around that. Right? For sure. Yeah. Have you ever made more than $300,000 in one year? Um... No. I think the most I've made is a quarter million. Fucking shit. You're going to answer questions, but I want you to mean annually, but you won't answer personal questions about yourself. Well, yeah, but that's different. You can't give what it to you your mean? clientele. I you answered good, good personal questions. <sighs> I, I Which agree. one did you not hear? Right. Which, what are you disappointed in right now? Um, I thought she answered very well. No. Look, just because you want to pin her against the wall and fuck the shit out of her doesn't mean that you put it against. No, I think there's like uh, this vulnerability where she like has a hard time of... You know, just kind of 
separating herself from what the character. Yes, that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like it's more. It's so not a I. character. Like this feels very authentic. Like it's not. I agree. She doesn't I agree. have. Yes. It's just well, not you, doing this. you asked Amanda Wildfire to come and be interviewed, so that's what you got. You didn't ask me to come and answer questions when I'm not Amanda Wildfire. But I'm right? asking you questions now. It's not Amanda Wildfire. He didn't even know you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't. In I haven't actually defense. come yet. Oh boy! Chels heard that. Before. Someone laid on a towel. How how personal uh, would you like to get, huh? No, it's. It, it, I understand. Like you're coming in here for the interview, and like I'm. I like to break people down, and you uh, did get honest, and so. It was interesting to meet you before at the bar and then have you talk and then and then kind of be more honest and be yourself. But I understand what you're saying. I get, well, like, this is who you are like, as your character, but you're still very honest. So I take it so back. What's, what's, I asked what's her about question? taking that. What do, yeah. you, what do you want to know? She shops at Lund's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm well, especially when, when fond of their you, cucumber selection. When I asked you about uh, your relationships and like yeah. the last, yeah. you've never been married, you never had a serious relationship, and do you feel like your occupation kind of disrupts that? Or it definitely you- has. Um, I have been in love um, and been seriously interested in having a long-term relationship with people. Um, one was a woman, and she. She was very jealous of my clients um, because she was also a submissive, and she thought that I was spending too much time working and not enough time dominating her. She, um, she met you. As she wanted you to be dominant in the relationship, like oh, yeah. I mean, fully. No, she was in, in bond. She was in bondage and right. um, into bondage Sorry. and uh, role play and things like that for sure. That'd be really hard. I, I mean, I think that that's like our wives want it has to be funny all the time. Right. Where you the can't. truth is, you, they you, don't. You have right. moments where you're just not on. Right. right? Um, the second serious relationship, I was in love with a man who was vanilla, who was not interested in the scene at all, which was fine with me. You met um, him like in a regular. Is, it, is oh, this man she, me? I thought she meant he was white. I don't know. Unlike an Oreo, <laughs> you met him in a like a not three year work. Yeah, yeah. No, I was um, I was teaching trapeze at um, a local uh, art center, and he was one of my students, and he was a comedian. Teaching trapeze? What? You can't do? Oh no! Wait, wait, wait! She just stopped the fucking podcast there. Trapeze. He was like, a comedian yeah, from yeah, Minneapolis. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh. oh, you're talking about the comedian part. So, uh, well, of course we are. You gotta <laughs> well, be shit. What, what was his best joke? <laughs> what was his opening joke? How about that? He was just funny. He was really funny, and and I actually I really have a soft spot for people who make me laugh. Um, My money's on Brian Miller. So. <laughs> anyway, that was great. Um, you hit it. After about a year, he was like, you know, I fucking love you, and I want to marry you and have kids with you, but. You have to quit. You have to quit your job, and you have to leave all of that behind. And at that point in time, I really hadn't found anything that, you know, enlivened me as much as my job. And I didn't really feel like it was incompatible with being in a relationship, and, and I wanted more time to develop another career. I couldn't just quit cold turkey sell my house and move into a little tiny place and just leave everything behind, even though I loved him. 
And so that didn't work out. And that was, I think, when you have two experiences like that that are really so heartbreaking Mm. and so intensely, hmm, they lead you to question yourself very deeply. And um, so, yeah, after that, you don't necessarily feel all that excited about um, trying again and again, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I also have a duty to my clients and to the BDSM community in general to be there for them in whatever way they need, you know, yeah. whether it's uh, giving people advice or, or simply leaving a, living a clean life and a healthy life and being in the, you know, in the career that I am uh, over 25 years without having a nervous breakdown or, yeah. you know, accidentally sending somebody to the hospital, you know. How about so, people who just, you know, because people will come to this who who will click this because it says dominatrix and because they have some back of their mind interest in it, whatever. Mm-hmm. What do you advise, you know, how do they start out? What do they look for? What do they, you sure. know? Well, locally in Minneapolis, we have a wonderful shop called Bondesk and, uh, and Smitten Kitten. And both of those shops um, offer workshops Sorry. and books and... Um, Toys and and there's a community out there for sure. Yeah. Um, so those are the best ways to get more knowledgeable. There's um, a series of books written by my friend Dossie Easton, the topping book and the bottoming book. And if you read those two books, you will be, you know, well set up to start your journey. How big of a butt plug can you put in a guy's ass before he screams? Are there sizes? Oh yeah. Two fists? Yeah. You got oh my shit God, me. Jesus really? Man. A guy can put two fists in his asshole? Mm-hmm. That is out of line. You know what? I'm on Mike Pence's side. <laughs> I'm not. But you know, that would be a really hot scene. You and, and Mike Pence. And Mike Pence? <laughs> <laughs> or actually, on, what would Pence, be, be even more fun is to give you like, like a Mike Pence uh, <laughs> mask and then set my girlfriends on you. That I would like. See, I gotta clear it with Mrs. Noah, of course. But I'm well, she'd sure be she'll first be cool in line, and her her butt oh, plug yeah. would be the biggest. She'd be like, "Yeah, let me add that hole. I don't care about any hemorrhoids or anything. It's gonna hurt." Do we have to bring up hemorrhoids? And I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> there is something really satisfying about squeezing a large object into a little tiny hole. Hey, it's tell incredi- me about it. It's satisfying in a way that really defies explanation. <laughs> What's the biggest dick you've ever seen on a guy? Um, let's see. Well, No I shit. Forearm? Size my forearm, yeah. Listen, this lady, she's no fucking little daffodil, all right? And she said her whole forearm, she's six foot tall. Size of your forearm, no shit. Mm-hmm. That's a thirteen-inch dick. <laughs> it's like a third leg, really. Jesus Christ! You know how big mine is? Not the size of her forearm. No, but like six, six and a is quarter. It like, is it like this? Yes, mistress. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, what's the smallest the, dick you've ever seen? There, there's some indented dicks out there. Indented. Yeah, like an innie, like a where they pee out of a a crevasse. An indentation, yes. Boy, you must fucking just have a heyday with them making fun of them. 
Yeah, do they say, hey, uh, tell me how small my dick like, is or tell me how, or, 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 how big my dick is? Or like, really, do they say, like, hey, make fun of me, but lay off the dick. I've heard of that. <laughs> fun of my eyes, my skin, just right. not the dick. I got zits. Can you focus on my pizza face because this I dick is tiny? Just focus on the rosacea. We all know about the dick, all right? <laughs> Let me get out my my microscope here and have you ever how about this have you ever have you ever wanted to start laughing during a session to where you go like oh this is getting ridiculous like to where you're on fire making fun of someone and you go like okay this is stupid absolutely absolutely really? yeah we had a client um, my friends and I used to see him together um, called uh, Forgettable Nick. And um, Forgettable Nick was all into verbal humiliation, and, and he was absolutely the most sorry-ass-looking, St. Bernard-faced guy. <laughs> I'm and a fan of that. We would do things like just, you know, stick our feet in his mouth and laugh at him, and he just would have this incredible hangdog look on his face. It was so... Funny and so sad at the same time, and and he would just we would laugh until we cried because of right? look, these eyes, great big sad. Eyes. I mean, no one would ever do it because it's just like clearly it'd be a violation of your whole fucking thing. And but, we would take the feet out of his mouth and say, "What do you have to say for yourself?" And he would just say, "You don't even know." You don't even know. You you're gonna forget me, and 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 I'll just be gone. I'll just be nothing. <laughs> Open your mouth. Suck it. <laughs> wow. It's amazing that people would fall into that so real. Like, I have such a brain to, or whatever, where you're aware and you're right. making fun of things. Like, I could never lose myself in that way. To, like, fall into some character to be, like... Yeah, you know, but that's right. not true. You told I me that you like to fuck over. really hard and spew dirty talk. I did and say that. Yeah, I you did. That. You I were, like, that. this... And you were, like, grunting and making animal noises <laughs> sure, and burying sure. your teeth. And, and I'm, like... Burying my yeah, teeth. Yeah, like, you, uh, you do like pus. to... You do. You heard him say Yes, it. blood and pus. See? Blood and pus. So... I do like yeah, to see? pop a boil once in a right? while. There you go. No, so, I, I like... Uh, I have a penchant for... Don't say you don't know how to do it. No, I do that, but I can't give myself over to something. And even when in my life where I've... If you were with a woman who looked you in the eye and said, go on and talk dirty to me. Go on and tell me I'm a dirty whore. Go on and, like, fuck my face and then bend me over and fuck me some more and tell me how you're going to spew and fuck break. that hole. And you would be so gone and would into gone. it. You would be into it. Right. You would. Yeah, you would. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, if of this table, if you got to dominate one person. This always, this is the question of every podcast. <laughs> every fucking podcast. Don't be Who don't would be you bashful. choose? Yep. And Seven. do not spare anyone's feelings. If you got to dominate someone in this room, who would you choose? I've been dominating you all night. <laughs> Devin, eat that, buddy. Right. I was going to say, if you would have said, like, me or Chell, then he'd go, well, who's second on the list? <laughs> I would. I'd keep going down until it's me. <laughs> and, it, and it feels good every time. It doesn't matter. As long as it gets to me. <laughs> as long as it gets to me eventually. Oh. Yep, you're number one on the list to be dominated, hurt, tortured, butt-plugged, cautery-gunned, everything. 
I like the face fucking thing better. Okay, you got Personally. it. Oh my god. Wait. The way you looked and you held your chin like you <laughs> It's like the most innocent way of saying, I like the face fucking better. <laughs> I think we've had a great show. This has been a lot of fun. Revealing. Yeah. To say the least. I think I've learned more about Gabe this podcast than I For sakes. Take it back. Is there anything you want to plug or advertise? So, in fact, are we going to use your full name on this? Well, yes. I'm a Mistress Amanda Wildfire. Um, I'm not looking for more clients necessarily, but I do want to say that Bondesk is um, hosting a terrific uh, rubber ball on June 6th. So, if you are curious about the scene, um, check that shop out. Um, They give workshops every month and they have uh, a bookshelf. Uh, full of interesting things to read and and also just a drop in. Be safe. If you're the type of girl who loves to give a blowjob in a parking lot outside a comedy <laughs> club, just clear it with Mrs. Noah and then <laughs> go ahead and make a move at me. I'm good if she's good. Thanks for listening to the show. <laughs> Have a great night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was our podcast with a dominatrix. Uh, That was Mistress Amanda Wildfire. So look her up if you're interested in this stuff. Not only is she just really cool and smart and funny, but she's just a wealth of information on all that stuff. So if you're interested in that, check her out. I want to thank her again for coming on the show. We, uh, you know, we're not experts in this, so we end up asking a lot of dumb questions and. Uh, we just thank her for being a good sport and playing along with my stupidity. So, uh, any questions that we missed, write them on our social media page. I'd love to have her back in. It was a lot of fun. So thanks for listening. Have a good night.